0: Well, hello, CMYK community and beyond. If you're listening in on this, I want to say welcome to you. My name is Matt. If I haven't met you, so glad that you're choosing to just jump in with us, uh, be a part of this podcast. Our hope, our belief and desire from this whole thing is that uh, these thoughts and ideas and things that we're talking about would be something that would stir you in your own interaction with the world, people, stuff, the divine around you, to engage in a more beautiful way, because that's what we're about, and that's what we're doing. And so welcome to you. I hope you are doing well. We're kind of in the midst of a series of talks. We've had the last couple weeks, and so this is the third week in this series of talks. It doesn't mean you have to have listened to the previous two to have listened to this one, Uh, but we're talking about kind of who we are as a community, where we're headed, what our target is. When we talk about this idea that, We're here to live a more beautiful way, to interact with the world, people and stuff with us. What does that look like and how are we supposed to do that? And so we have found that, um, and we have defined that good news or that invitation through Kind of these four things that we are about as a community. So uh, we're here and our work is to be present. Our work is to be honest. Our work is to be open and then to be the embodiment of love. This is what we do. And everything kind of that we design and spend our time and energy on is meant to help us as a community see these things happen to be present, honest, open, and love. And so we kind of have these, uh, this. Rhythm is a community where we just want to stop and talk about, okay, this is what we're up to, and then also ask the question, how are we doing, and what is this looking like? And so this is a unique series for us. If you've been listening in, you know this, but not only are we talking about these concepts, not only are we pointing at, okay, here's where this comes from and why this is important to us, but we're inviting people within our community to kind of share their stories of what this has looked like. So the first week, two weeks ago, John Binder shared his story of what it's looked like for him to kind of work to be present in his life. And then this past uh, week, uh, we had Grant Jones just share his story of being honest and what that's looked like for his life, the goods, the bads, all of those things. It was a really, really great story. And so today, I want to talk about this concept of being open And I want to talk about it, and then we're going to jump to an interview that I did with someone who's a part of our community. You might know him. If you do, you probably love him because he's a really great guy. His name is Bart Barkack, and uh, he's going to just share his journey of what that is. But being open, I mean, out of all the things that kind of we focus on our work as a community, I think this is the one that gets the most gray area squishy for a lot of us. What do we mean, and what are we talking about when we say that our work is to be open? because we can all define that in different ways. And for me, and I think for us as a community, there's something pretty specific that we're pointed at and we think that that invitation is about. And to talk about that, I want to go back to this Old Testament, this really old story that's found in the book of Numbers within the Scriptures. It's a story of two warring countries. There's the nation of Israel and there's the nation of Moab. And these two are not getting along. Or at war, And when you're at war with somebody, when you have an enemy, there's a tendency for all of us to look at all the available tools around us, what's at our disposal, that we can take out our enemy. And so the story that's found in Numbers chapter 22 starts out with the leader of Moab looking at what's around him and how he can come against his enemy of Israel. He wants to take him out. And so one of the tools that he finds available to him is this guy named Balaam, and Balaam is known as a prophet. He can speak over a country, he can speak over a situation, he can speak a blessing or he can speak a curse, and his legacy goes before him in that whatever he speaks actually comes to be. So this leader of Moab, looking to take out Israel, goes to this guy Balaam and says, hey, I want you to speak a curse, I want you to come against this nation of Israel, because then maybe God will attack them on our behalf, because you, Balaam, this great guy, you're going to be able to say the right words, and God's going to show up, and then we're going to be the winners. Ha! So he sends this group of guys to get Balaam on his team. Balaam says, no! So then he sends another group of guys with even more money and says, hey, come on, seriously, we want you to do this. And Balaam, once again, declines because he believes that God has told him, no, don't do this, don't speak poorly against Israel. But God shows up that night and tells Balaam, if these guys show up again, you can go with them. So Balaam is sitting there, the guys show up a third time, it's a larger entourage with even more money, saying that this leader of Moab really, really wants you to show up and speak a curse against Israel in this war. So Balaam does what he thinks he's supposed to do, he says yes, and he hops on his donkey and he starts to ride off with these men to the battlegrounds that he would speak this curse over Israel, and he believes that he's doing the right thing, however, something's still off when Balaam goes. And that's where I want to pick up the story. So they're headed out to the battlegrounds for Balaam to speak this curse. And it says in verse 22 of chapter 22 of Numbers, it says, But God's anger was kindled because Balaam went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary, Now he, Balaam, was riding on the donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw that the angel of the Lord was standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the road and went into the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she again, she kind of pushed out of the way, didn't want to run into this angel of the Lord. And the donkey pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. That's an ouchie. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then, now don't miss this, then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and the donkey said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you struck me these three times? And I love it just, I love this story and the way that it's just so nonchalant that Balaam responds to his donkey when the donkey starts talking. It says, and Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me of me. I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, so now they're in a conversation, (laughs) am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And Balaam said, no. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed down and fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside for me, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now, therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men but speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went on with the princes of Moab. This is a great story. This is a story of a character, Balaam, believing that he's doing the right thing, that God, the divine, is on his side. And so he sets himself on this path, headed in this direction, because he believes this is what God would want for him. But this is a story from the very beginning of him setting out on this path that we discover there is this angel of the Lord standing against him. In other words, God is actually opposed to him and where he's headed and what he's up to. And this is the story of the divine showing up to communicate this to Balaam, but Balaam misses it. Balaam is unaware of what the divine, what God is up to in this situation. And the thing is, we don't really know why Balaam misses it. We just know that he's unaware of what's really happening. And this is a story of the thing, the person, the character in the story that is actually aware of what's going on is a donkey. In other words, the last thing, the last person, the last you know, character in the story that you would think would be aware of the divine and responding to what God is up to, that's the character and that's the person that is actually in the know. A donkey is a character in the story that's not supposed to be in the know. He's there to do what Balaam wants, to be controlled, and he's there for Balaam's gain and purpose. And this is why we see within the story, when the donkey starts to, you know, move off of the path or slam his foot against the wall or just stop and lay down, this is why Balaam becomes so upset, because this donkey in the story is not supposed to be the one that's in the know. Balaam is the one that's in the know. Balaam is the one that's on the right path, and so Balaam becomes so upset he chooses to beat him, he chooses to curse him, and the first words out of his mouth towards this donkey in the midst of this conversation that we all have with our donkeys is that, man, if I just had a sword, I would kill you. Because Balaam believes he's on the right path and the donkey has no clue what's going on. Meanwhile, this is a story of it is actually reversed and the donkey is fully in the know and Balaam is completely on the outside side. How many of us have experienced a story like this, where things are not going the way that we want? And there's this part of us that believes, man, I feel like I'm on the right path. There's this part of us that we know what the right way to go is. We feel like we have the inside scoop and we're on the right side of history or we're on the right side of a situation. We've got the best and truest information. We've done our research and understanding. We're on the best. We're, you know, taking the best approach when it comes to our family and these relationships and our spouses and friends and coworkers. Like We know what we're doing and we are in the right. That's what we're trying to do. And it's in the midst of that that we find that people come against us. Situations happen that we don't like. And we feel like as much as we're trying to go down this right path, the straight and true, the right and narrow, whatever it is, follow the will of God, whatever words you would use, we're headed this way and things keep happening and people keep getting in the way and doing things and maligning us and coming after us, whatever it is. And we feel like Balaam in this story. I'm in the right, and this person, this viewpoint, this idea, this situation, they're completely in the wrong. And where Balaam's response is to control, to belittle, to fight back, to try and take out this other side, this is our response to those who oppose us in the situations that we don't like, the things that get in our way. There are those that we wish. Whether it's family, coworkers, friends, people on the internet, that we wish we could just man, control, take down their point of view, challenge their way of life that would get them to think and act differently. We have this desire to belittle them to the point where they are ashamed to ever bring up that topic or thought again. We want to be right, and we want to make sure that they know that they are wrong. Our feelings are similar to Balaam. We're on the right, they're on the wrong. And so we're here to make sure that everybody knows that. Our story is the most correct and accurate. I'm the most loving. I've been the most forgiving. I've tried the hardest in this relationship. I've done everything and you've done nothing. I'm the best worker at this office and I show up early and leave late every single day and you take a four-hour lunch every day. Tuesday, whatever it is, there's this part of us that feels like I'm on the right side and they are the ones that are getting in our way. There are donkeys, if you will, all around us. And it feels like in connected social media culture, the people that we're interacting with that feel like they're getting in our way and negatively affecting ourselves and maybe the world and our viewpoint, it's only increasing. It's someone that would vote differently than you. It's a boss or co-worker that's not cooperating with how we want things to go. There are people that we interact with. And as much as this story is about a donkey that we would have to say about this person, they are literally an ass. (laughs) Or for some of us, it's life circumstances have come up that we don't like. There's a loss, a struggle, a temptation. Something's going on. And as much as we're trying to be on the right path, this thing continues to get in the way And we want to figure out how do we control, how do we fix this, how do we change and get out of this circumstance? And this is a story of Balaam and his donkey where he believed he was on the right path, but the divine showed up. And the divine did not show up in the way that Balaam anticipated or expected. The divine divine God showed up with the ass with a donkey you see it's something that we all do we all have boxes that we create circumstances and situations where we believe and we say this is where we expect to god, for god to show up this is who god is and how he interacts and how he's working and moving and this is how it's supposed to be and this is a story Where everything in us wants to say it's only in these people, it's only in these ways and these beliefs and these lifestyles and these situations, whatever it is and whatever kind of box we want to put on it, this is a God that shows up moving and working outside of our expectations, outside of the box and the categories that we put on him, because even in a donkey, here he is. In other words, for us, our response to a story like this and our response as a community is for us to be... Open. Because we all experience life and relationships and situations where things are not going the way that we want them to and things are getting in our way, and where our response would be one of trying to belittle and take out the other, to (laughs) hurt and hit this donkey just like Balaam. We would stop, and we believe our invitation is to say, Okay, God. Where are you working? Where are you moving? And what's happening here that I need to be aware of what's going on? Rather than just try to take this person or take this other side out, God, how are you active here? Because it's even in the ass that you continue to speak and move and work. Or are we working like Balaam to attack, kill, belittle the other side? Avoid the situation and avoid the idea that the divine could be found there. You see, what I find really fascinating is this is just not a random experience in the Old Testament. This is not just a like a goofy story about a guy and his donkey and a talking, you know, th- that they have this conversation. But this is actually when you start to look at the life of Christ, it's the majority of the life and interactions of Jesus. Because there were those religious few who had determined this is who God is, this is how he works, this is where he shows up, and this is how he interacts. And if you've ever read the stories of Christ and know about his life, you know that Jesus did not spend his time among the religious. Jesus did not spend his time speaking blessing and the voice and the words and the love and heart of God towards the religious. He was not found inside that box at all. He was actually found on the outskirts with prostitutes, and people on the outside that everybody had belittled and shoved outside of the box and said, God is no longer a part or in your life. These circumstances, these things going on, it disqualifies you from God loving, embracing, and accepting you, so you stay out there, and we will be in here where God is actually moving and working. And Jesus shows up, and he spends no time with the religious and actually moves towards those on the outskirts. This has always been the story of God and the divine on planet Earth. And it's always been the story of humanity to try to put him in some kind of box or category that we would know that we are on the right path, just like Balaam. And all the while, we are not open to a God who's actually trying to move and work outside of our own ideas and thoughts and beliefs. The thing that I find really powerful, and I'll just close with this before we jump into our interview. The thing that I find so powerful about this story is when, to, when we ask the question, Well, why is this continually a thing then? Why are we so hesitant to see God outside of our own viewpoints and categories? That it doesn't just happen with Balaam, but it happens with the religious in Jesus' time, and it's happening here today that our tendency is to do the same thing. I love the interaction here, because in Numbers 22 with the story of Balaam, it says that the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times. And notice Balaam's response. Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me. I wish I had my sword in my hand for then I would kill you. The thing that being open is always going to challenge is our pride. Because we want to believe that we are on the right path. And we know that we know that we know these things. The way that we vote, the way that we believe, the way that we read scripture, the way that we tell stories, the way that we raise our kids, the way that we spend our money, the way that we spend our time, whatever it is, we want to believe that we are on the right path and it's our pride that continues to not only find us stay there, but continues to attack those that believe, think, eat, purchase, live differently than us. It's our pride that wants to say, this is the best way for my life to go. And any time a story, a struggle, some pain is introduced in the middle of it, it's our pride that wants to say, but I know what's best for me. I know what's right for me. And we want to fight against it. And we wish we had a sword in our hand that we could kill that circumstance, that situation, that pain, that hurt and brokenness. And this story and the scriptures have always been an invitation to recognize our pride and say, yes, To be open means that there are going to be times when we are a fool. But we are willing to go down that path, and we are willing to admit that, because we believe there is something greater than our own viewpoint here. There is something greater than our own story and desires and dreams and wishes here. It doesn't make the pain any less significant. If anything... It has the potential to make it more significant because we believe even here, even in this situation, God, you could be moving and working as far outside of the scope and boundaries as this is for me. God, I believe that even here you are working, but it's always going to challenge our pride. So we as a community, we work to be open. We work to be a space where whatever's going on and whoever we're interacting with, that we believe that even there, God could be moving and working. It doesn't mean that we're not afraid to identify, yeah, that's, you know, hurtful, that's painful, that's brokenness, whatever it is, but even in the midst of that hurt, pain, and brokenness, we see that God is moving and working. And so today, uh, I wanted, with this talk, I wanted to invite a really, really good friend of mine, Bart Barkak, to just share a part of his story Because I don't know if you know much about Bart. I don't know if you know much about me, but he's literally one of my best friends. I'm not just saying that. I've known this guy for a lot of years. I love this man to death. And he's literally one of the people that I disagree with the most on most things in life. (laughs) But here's a man that is a part of the CMYK community. And where 90% of our community would probably maybe in many ways align with me on these things, and he is quickly and easily this outsider, potentially, here he is. He's a part of the CMYK community. He is working to be open to say, I disagree with this Matt Blakesley guy on so many things. But even here, God is moving and working. So we're going to cut to that. And uh, I'm so honored that uh, Bart would share, and I hope you listen to the whole thing. I love you guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. Without further ado, the one and the only, Bart barkak To share with us. Lovely. So, Bart, um, I love you. Bart is one of my oldest friends, uh, and not just in age, but uh, just through uh, time together. Um, we've been in uh, bands together. Band? Band? Band. We've been in through in a band together. Uh, made a lot of music together, had a lot of time and energy. Uh,
1: and to, I finally get a mic.
0: And you finally, <laughs> we're giving Bart a mic, which is a scary thing. Um, but a uh, over four years ago, we were starting this community and starting to think about this. Bart and Jenny were at the top of the list for Kate and I of, man... What if we were to invite them to be a part of this thing? And remember the conversation that we had? And we'll always remember that, where they looked us in the eye and they said, we're in. Whatever this looks like, we're in. And here's why I say that. Because they said that they were in. And I was in a place coming from where I came from, uh, the belief system and structure that I came from, four years ago. And I'm in a completely different place on so many levels from where I was four years ago. And if you've been a part of CMYK for a long time, you know that there's been kind of this turnover, if you will. And I don't, nothing negative about it. It's just that as we've grown and kind of figured out who we are and what we're about, there have been a lot of people that have realized that's not for me, that's not what I believe. But yet here is Bart and Jenny and his family that continue to be a part of this thing. And um, the reality is We have conversations all the time, and there's very, very little that we actually agree on. Like, very little that we actually agree on. We will sit and have a conversation for three hours, and it's rare that I go, yeah, I think that too, Bart. You're like my wife. (laughs) I like your wife? Yeah, your wife is pretty. You are like my wife. I'm like your wife? Yeah, we don't have anything. You don't agree? Okay, sure. Okay, thanks. I I love you. I I love you too. (laughs) Anyways, so Bart, here's the reality. This community of people and CMYK as a whole, we've talked about this, I would say 90 to 95 percent of the people here, you know, adamantly disagree with you on lots of things. And there are churches and communities all over this place that you could walk into, and they would and you would find hundred percent agreement with who you are and where you are and all these kinds of things. Why are you still here? <laughs>
1: Because you can go somewhere else. Did you know that? <laughs> this is true. Um, well, one, one big thing, obviously, is uh, I love you and your family. Um, you guys are very special to me. And uh, I really want to see CMY succeed, whatever that is, you know, you know, whether it's like you've said before, 10 people or 100 people, it doesn't matter um, to see it push forward and move forward in the community is uh it's it's got a special place in my heart as well and uh and to see different people come through and uh and how it affects their lives and you know how they've been searching for a certain group of people or a church or whatever and it really they can really connect with it and uh, and obviously my family's <coughs> excuse me a part of this and uh to come together as a family and be a part of this um, is very special, and just a lot of things <clears throat> like you know, like the magazine is cool, the theater, the community, um, and like Grant Jones last week, you know, talking about being honest. You're not gonna go to a service and uh, hear that conversation yeah. very often. I mean, probably never at any church, and uh, just being honest and open with each other. Um, whether you agree or not, like you say. Uh, it, I mean, those are just some of the reasons. I mean, yeah. obviously, um, just coming together every week and spending time together and hanging out, it's, you know, whether we're playing music or no music or watch football after service on Sunday, hang out. Um, it's just it's just cool. Yeah. I'm digging it. So, So
0: obviously there's been moments, whether it's, I mean, just you and I hanging out, but I I would even say on Sundays before, um, where you would have a different uh, political viewpoint on something than I would or even Caleb. Caleb is Bart's son. Caleb is up here and kind of sharing some things. And, and, you know, there's moments where we sing songs out of some things that I know, like... (laughs) You completely disagree—not that you disagree with the pain and the hurt, but you disagree with the solution and you disagree with the approach to how to best help those in need and hurting. Uh, is, am I saying that right? Sure. So, all that to say, there's been many moments where we are talking about something as a community that I know you would go about this completely differently than than the way that we are approaching this, the way that I am, or the guy with the microphone. What what's going on? Is that hard for you in those moments? Are are you working to stay open? Um, has it has it helped you to stay open? Like, you know, what, what what's going on in those moments? No, not how at is that all. Process
1: I mean, came? just because you know I don't see things the same way doesn't mean I don't can't relate to or understand or see the good points. Um, no, I mean, like a lot of people might get angry or. I can't believe you know I'm I'm leaving or whatnot. It's like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense? The, the point is that uh, I'm supposed to love people because we disagree or whatnot. So I'm gonna run off and be angry. No, no, I'm I respect people's opinions. You know, um, like me and Caleb, will, we will go round and round, over and over again, and not get anywhere. And <laughs> when it's over, it's like I still love him. You know. And it to me, all this stuff you know. That's I just laugh at it sometimes. It's just it's ridiculous to me that people. Not that it's not important things to discuss, you know, but to to hate each other or you know not talk or unfriend or any of that stuff. Um, it doesn't make any sense. We're here to love each other, and I will continue to love each other no matter what. And uh, and just because I disagree with somebody doesn't mean I don't think they have valid points. I mean, it makes sense to me. You know, I don't. Everybody's different, and to try to understand how somebody's thinking all the time, it's it's not going to happen. It's like uh, your faith in God, you know, and everything that He's about. We don't understand a lot of it, you know, and that's okay. I don't need to understand a lot of it. Just know that who He is and what He's trying to do in my life, and Um, with people and uh, so I take that uh, bring that into my life and I'm not gonna you know we don't always agree on everything but that's okay I always love you and respect your opinion and uh, that's I think if everybody uh, approached uh, life that way on disagreeing I think probably get a lot more done I think would be able to find more common ground and uh, find some solutions because obviously uh, it's not happening right now. I think. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, it's it's been interesting because I've never I've never felt like a villain with you, even though we, we would be completely disagreement. I mean, we we decided a little over a year ago to to step away from Foursquare, and where Bart was supportive of that decision, disagreed with some of the reasoning and logic behind it. And, and I, was, I was, like, so nervous sitting down for this conversation because here's one of my best friends that I'm, you know, that helped start this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I think we're, I know I'm disagreeing with you. And, you know, you're still choosing to follow us and be a part of this thing with us. And I've never felt like a villain in any of that stuff. That, like, when you say, this is what I mean when Bart exemplifies this more than most. When he says, like, there are major things that he believes about everybody. And there's this love and embrace for who someone is, period, independent of anything. And you can have all these kinds of debates about all these things. There's this core that I've never seen be challenged for you. Um, And uh, it's just, I want to be more like Bart Barkek. Not in in a lot of things, but in that thing, yes. (laughs) He actually does. Does that work? (laughs) So here's a question. We say that to be open. To put yourself in environments and spaces where um, you are listening to uh, an ass regularly, a a guy that uh, thinks differently than you, and um, all of these things, we would say that the divine shows up there. I'm not looking for me, but I would say for this community. Do you believe and have you seen that to be true or is this just a bunch of fluff that we find in the scripture about a story and a guy with a donkey or is it true that God actually is moving and working outside of what you believe it and think is right and true?
1: And what we're yeah, trying to accomplish here? Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. I Yeah, and I I maybe if that wasn't true maybe I would leave. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. But I I know your heart and what you're trying to do and I'm totally behind your vision this whole time, you know, no matter, you know, what side of the fence I fall on or if I'm right in the middle, I don't know. No, yeah. I am totally agree with that. Yeah. So,
0: so you would say that this is not a godless bunch of people but that God actually dwells here? Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> yes! We did it. <laughs> awesome. Um, two things. One, one of the reasons that I... I I wanted Bart to be the guy that kind of exemplifies this is because not only uh, is it good for us to hear his story um, and to hear how he's working to be open, but this has been, just Bart being a part of this community has been a challenge for me to be open as well. Um, Because here's a guy that everything in our culture right now, I mean, everything in our culture right now says oh, you, you voted like that, you think like that, you believe like that, whatever it is, get out. There's spaces and places. If you hear the joke I made earlier about there's other churches, you know that, right? Um, that's what our culture anticipates and expects out of this. But can we be a community? And is CMYK a community? And I know and I believe that we are, that sees BART or anybody, wherever they are and whoever they are, that we can truly embrace them fully And say we see you, and like Bart talks about, there's this core that no matter what's going on peripherally, we love you and are for you and with you. Are we that kind of community? Because if we're not careful, this space and this community will quickly become, it kind of just looks like my wife and I. And just people that kind of vary a little bit degrees here and there on everything. And that's just what we create. And we are, I believe this, we are no longer the church at that point because the church is a space where we are open and the church is a space where Bart sits at a leadership team table with us when we're planting this church and we have disagreements but we embrace. So I want to close with this and just say I love you and thank you. Is there any advice or counsel you would have for us on how to be open in a world that is more and more divided?
1: well i my advice I guess is just uh try to look past you know um, the disagreements or uh, i th- I think everybody does that here i mean that's hard to say i i guess I know my heart, so I try to see everybody as you know a child of God, someone that needs love um, and deserves that, um, whether it's say hello, a hug, anything. And anything else that's going on in their life um, that you may not understand, that's OK. You know, just love them for who they are, and uh, that's it. That's it. I don't. That's that's tough. It's beautiful. Thank you. It It was. It is beautiful.
0: Uh, (laughs) Thank you for not talking about Pizzagate. Uh, (laughs) And Hillary couldn't bring up. uh, Football's on. No. Okay. Yeah. Football's on. So we got to wrap this up. um, We're going to come to the table, and. When, when um, uh, again, over a year ago when we were transitioning this church and we were making some decisions about um, some things theologically and, and where we stood on some things that was very divisive, and we saw a lot of people kind of disconnect and, and want to be done with that. Uh, like for probably three to four months straight, every time we would come to this table, we would, I would talk openly and candidly about some things that I knew, again, that Bart disagrees with me on. And then we would stop and we would come to this table of Christ's body broken for us and his blood shed for us. And he would come and he would be a part of this body with us. This is what this symbolized. We're in this together. And all of our differences and all of our uniquenesses, we are open together to what God is up to on planet Earth. And every time Bart would come up and dip this in the cup, I would just be up here weeping quietly because this man was an exemplification. I don't think I've ever said this to you. Um, you are a picture of Christ to me in a way that this this body and this cup um, just drastically changed the way that I see communion because of the, your willingness to be open uh, in that season and continuing to be a part of this community, to be open. And we come to this table, all of us, with differences. But we come and we uh, unite around breaking ourselves open and pouring ourselves out for the suffering of the world, body broken and bloodshed. This is the work of Christ that we do. Wherever you are, we are all invited to be a part of this. And so, Bart, thank you for that. Um, You're a beautiful man, and I love you. So um, we're going to spend some time just doing that together. We're going to play a song through the speakers and invite you to come wherever you are and whatever's going on to Take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup and let us come back to what this is all about. And maybe for some of you, there's a situation going on. There's a name and a face that you just can't deal with right now because you're on the right path and they're in the wrong. This would be an invitation to maybe stop, breathe deep and ask, God, are you up to something? Are you working here? And then we'll close our time together. Whenever you're ready, feel free to come forward.